you know, and, and, and preaching on Sundays, but, you know, a couple, about two and a half years ago when I took more of the role of, of associate pastor at the church and, and helping uh, Pastor David Donnelly more with the ministry, I, I just realized how much more there is to being a pastor of a church. I, I grew up in a church and I've always seen it. But what a lot of times is we don't see on Sundays or Wednesdays or any other times we fellowship, we don't see the other days of the week and how much goes on in those weeks. And, and it can be heavy sometimes. And as you said, being, being able to be spoken to is so amazing. I, I, I'll come to church, uh, our church, uh, obviously everybody knows, we, our, our church meets directly after you guys. I'll come to church early sometimes just so I know I can come in and catch the end or sometimes the whole message that Pastor Murphy is bringing. And you know what I find really amazing? A lot of times, our sermons will will almost be the same. And I, so I just, it, it's confirmation that that's what God wants to be heard and to be out. So I agree with you where two or more are gathered that it, it, his message will get across. And if we don't say it, then he'll find somebody else to say it. Amen? Yes. Amen. But, but also, I just want to thank, uh, at our church too, I, I, I lead the worship. So it was nice this morning to be able just to walk around and put my hands up and fellowship with everybody else and to worship. So I enjoyed worship this morning. Amen? Amen. 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 Right. So uh, as Pastor Murphy said, as Pastor Dave said, uh, I'm starting a series this week on just on excuses and really where it came from. And I know that I've spoken with you all before and I've shared that. One of the things that I love about the Bible the most is that it can be different. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but how a verse can mean something to you on one day, and then you read that same verse the next day, and it can speak to you totally different. There's nothing else like the Word of God. Amen? Amen. That, and, and, and it's happened to me, and I'm sure it's probably happened to Pastor Murphy as well, is where God will lay on our hearts, and, and it's probably going to happen. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to say it now. He put together a sermon called Trouble, which he felt was supposed to be spoken today, but it's probably something that's going to need to be spoken probably next week because right. something's going to be in someone's life and it's going to be. I, I know I prepared a, a sermon one time and I was ready to speak, but then I was sick and I wasn't able to preach it. And then just in that week, I went through something in my life that when I got up and when I was ready to, that, that sermon that, that I prepared meant something totally different just in myself. So as I was preaching it, I was even preaching it to myself. Amen? Now, and there's something when you start with a title called No Excuses. Because right? we all have them. And especially what I'm going to touch on today about being broken. Because I'm just going to be honest with everybody this morning. It's been a frazzled morning for me. There's just been little attacks all morning. Yeah. And you know it's coming. And you prepare yourself and you pray for that hedge of protection around yourself. But it, look, look at my beard. It's frizzy this morning, right? It's, just, it's been one of those mornings, amen? And so you just know when you step into this and you're ready to do this, you just have to pray up on God. So when I tell you thank you for that worship time this morning, and, and it, there, was, there were words in those words that we were saying this morning that I just needed to hear again. Amen? Oh, yeah. Amen. So God is good. Now, a couple weeks back, I preached on... 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But I, I have brought it up on the screen because I'm going to be hopping around a lot this morning. If you can't already tell, I did have my cup of coffee. So I, when I preach, I get excited. And so sometimes it could be a, a long sermon or it could be very short. So I just let the Lord have it. But I preached on this and, and I, I was talking about a humble containers. And the verse says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. 
to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, this treasure that Paul is talking about here, this is, this is the Apostle Paul that wrote this, this treasure that he's talking about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the very light of God. This is the very glory of God. This, this treasure is a reflection of Jesus' life, his ministry, the gospel of Jesus. And it is the greatest <laughs> treasure. Amen? It's the greatest treasure ever known. Can we agree on that? Yes. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is just the greatest treasure. And he takes this great, amazing, wonderful treasure, and where does he put it? In jars of clay. Now, now, clay jars and clay, any type of, of utensils or dishes were very common in this time that he's speaking. Everybody had something made out of clay. Why? Because it was accessible, it was easy, it was cheap. You could mold it and make it into anything you wanted to, to make. But the bad thing about it is, is it's not very durable, right? It's not like metal, it's not like glass. And if glass breaks, you can melt it down and form it back into a glass or a, a plate, whatever you it was before, or something different. But when, when clay breaks, if you have a, a pitcher or a jar of clay, if that breaks, it's useless. It's, it's worthless. You just toss it out, and then you can make another one. So when you first read the beginning of this scripture, when you first read the, the, the first part of this verse, it says, we have this great, amazing treasure, and he puts it in jars of clay. And of course, of course, jars of clay here in this verse is representing us. We are made from the dust in the ground, of the ground. Amen? He breathed life into us. So he gave us this great treasure, and he put it into such a humble container, which is ourselves. Because we're not, we're, we're not durable people. We can break. Oh, yeah. Amen? Yeah, easily, easily. Very easily. But there's a reason for it. There's a reason that at the end of this verse, we have a statement that says that, why? To show that this all-surpassing power is from who? It's from God and not us. So that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. You know, the next two verses, which we'll touch on here in a moment, Paul shows us that sometimes... God breaks his clay pots so that the excellence of his power may be of him and not of us. Amen? Amen. You know, sometimes we need to be broken so that God can fully move in our lives, so that we come to this place where he can work in our lives. I think one of the, the, the greatest confusions that even Christians or new Christians can have is, now that I've accepted Jesus into my life, or, or I've been a Christian for umpteen amount of years, that I'm, I'm not supposed to ever go through any trials. That, oh, now that I have Jesus, I'm not going to face any tribulations. I'm not going to have any ups and downs. And that can't be further from the truth. And, and the Bible never tells us that it's going to be you know, butterflies and rainbows for the rest of our lives. And the Word of God tells us that we are going to go through things. Amen? Amen. I, I'm, just, I'm preaching what the Word tells us. We're going to face storms. We're going to have times in our lives that we're going to have these obstacles that are going to be before us. But he tells us the key to all that is to make sure you have me with you. Amen? See, that's why it's so important that we have Jesus in our lives, that we trust God with every aspect of our lives 
so that when we face these storms, when we face these challenges, when we face these Goliaths, these un unsurpassable, unpassable odds, when the doctors tell us that this can't happen or this can't happen, or that this is going to happen. We don't put our faith and trust in the words of man. We put our faith in God. Yes. And we remember all the things we go through. Why do you think throughout the Bible, God had them put monuments up? Had them stack stones when they crossed the Jordan? Why do you think he had them have feasts once a year? To remember where they were and where God brought them to. So that when we are on that path sometimes and we're facing an obstacle that's before us. And there's that new Goliath standing before us and everybody's telling you you can't beat that Goliath it's unbeatable we remember oh I remember two years ago God brought me through this 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 and I beat three Goliaths so what's one more amen right, right. so we need to put, be put in that place of, of, of remembrance of what God has done for us and sometimes we yeah. get going so much in our lives that sometimes we get a chip here or there we get, we get broke a little bit. And sometimes we may not even notice it. But at some point in our lives, we are broken. Amen? Now, uh, uh, back, I believe it was in 2018, there's, uh, there's something called See You at the Pole. Has anybody ever heard of See You at the Pole? Yeah. <laughs> it's a grassroots movement. It's, it's fantastic. It started with a group of, of, of teenagers. They went to a, 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 like a, a meeting like for youth. And they were, they were blessed so much of God that when the, when the uh, event was over, they felt like they should still be glorifying, still should be praying. And God said, you need, you need to pray for people your age. You need to pray for schools. So they went to their school and they gathered around the flagpole and started praying and lifting up all the things that were on their hearts and their minds. And that just blossomed. Now, I'm, I'm kind of putting it in a nutshell, but it, so many years later, it's in, it's in 85 different countries, I believe. And it's, it happens a day in September I believe it's probably the second week of December, or I'm sorry, September, I believe, but where schools all across the United States and the world, and even people that are adults at colleges or at, at their office, we marched one time to City Hall and prayed around the flagpole at City Hall of Green Acres. They, they come together and they pray at this specific time. And it's a, it's a wonderful time. And every year, there's a verse that is in a theme for it. They have a theme for the event and a Bible verse that went through it. And, and for this year, the verse was Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. And it says, For these reasons, I bend my knee for the Father. And I said, that, Okay, bend your knees, prayer. That sounds good. That's powerful. But then I read what the word was. The one word that was the theme for that year. And it was broken. And I'm going to be honest with you once again. I could not stand it. I, I hated that the name of this thing that we're supposed to get all these kids excited about and come together and pray about was the word broken. What kind of lifted up word is that? How are we going to get kids excited about being broken? Now, we order things kind of like little promotional things for the event. We give bracelets out to the kids, and in return, they, they send us little devotionals that they can give to each teacher. And so, leading up to it, like a month leading up to it, you can be praying, doing devotions with our class, getting the kids excited about that day. And I remember reading, going ahead in that book, and I started reading 
one of the devotions that one of the pastors that they got from around the world, I, I don't even remember his name, please forgive me, but he, he wrote a, kind of a testimony of what God did to him. And it changed the way I looked at that word broken. He said, I was in a place in my life where I was wanting revival to break out in my church, and I kept praying to God, why can't revival break out in the church? Why can't revival happen to the people in my church? And he said, and I heard it in a voice that you know it only comes from the Lord. And it says, I need you to take a piece of chalk, and I need you to draw a circle on the floor. And he said, I obeyed, and I drew a circle on the floor. And now the Lord told me to go stand in that circle. And he said, so I stood in that circle. And the Lord told me, start revival in yourself. Yeah. And until revival has broke out within you, don't leave the circle. And I had to do that. I had to sit here. I'm sitting here pointing fingers. I'm sitting here thinking about so many other things. I'm sitting here taking a lid and I'm putting it on the movement of God. I'm making natural excuses for a supernatural God to move. I'm getting offended and upset over a word that Jeremiah felt wasn't going to move. But yet, it changed my life. Yes, I was talking, I was preaching up, you know, in 2018. I was working at the school. I was doing devotions. I was doing chapels. I was, I was putting that role. But still, we all know, we all can agree that God is still working in all of us. Amen? Yeah. But I had to. I had to, to let revival break in me. I had to admit that I was broken. And that I needed the one and only person that could do it to fix me and put me back together. And so I had to get broken in order to really fully move and let the Word of God work through me. I had to fix things in my life by giving it over to God. Amen? Amen. And it's so amazing when you go through that process and you go through that step, those steps with God and you realize that. And, it, and it's hard. Listen, I, I had to get up in front of the church and I had to apologize to everybody. I did. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm just keep praying for me. I'm praying for you. But, but I had to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. I'm not being everything that I felt that God had called me to be. That's right. Hmm. And you have to admit that you need that help. Right. Amen? Mm -hmm. And it's not an easy thing to do. Now, as we jump into these next two verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse uh then we see verses 8 and 9. And I love these. And it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not what? Not destroyed. There's suffering in Paul's life. Paul's ministry was not easy. If anybody's ever studied, I mean, we, here, here's a man that gave us almost three quarters of our New Testament, right? He, he suffered. There were, there were things in his life that wasn't always easy. And, and, and he, in order to bring forth this ministry, he had to face these things. And he tells us that we're hard-pressed. Let's, let's look at this word just for a minute, these, these two words for a minute. hard Pressed. This has when we read this. When I, when I when I read these scriptures, to me, when I think of press, I think of stress. And this is coming from a man who is being hunted. 
This is coming from a man who is wanted everywhere he goes. And we have confirmation to that. We, we know that he's hard-pressed and that he's hunted and he's stressed. Because if we go to the book of Acts, chapter 23, verses 12 through 13, it says, When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had what? Killed Paul. Until they killed him. And there were more than 40 who formed this plot. So here's confirmation. Here's confirmation that Paul was hard-pressed. He was hunted. I don't know about you, but I don't know what it's like to have 40 individuals saying they would not eat and drink until I'm dead. I mean, that, that's, that's a commitment that these 40 individuals made to take Paul down. So we see that. We, we understand that he knows what it's like to be hard-pressed. But yet he follows that, I'm hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed. <laughs> so living as a wanted and hunted man, living with this uh, substantial amount of stress that's put on his life, it, it's something that Paul had to live with every single day. Every single day he lived with that. Yet Paul was not crushed by this stress. He could still serve the Lord. And you know how it says in the Word of God that he served the Lord? It said he served the Lord gloriously. Amen? Mm -hmm. He wanted to. He was passionate about it. And if being hard-pressed wasn't enough, it goes on to tell us other things that he felt. He felt perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. <laughs> Paul's life was hard. Can we agree on that this morning? Yes. Paul's life was hard. He faced many of the, the uh, many obstacles and struggles that we will never face. But he was passionate in his devotion. He was passionate for the life of Jesus Christ and living for Jesus and sharing his story and his gospel with all those around him. You know, when we look at the triumph of Jesus' life in Paul, it's so amazing. We, we, we touched on one word, but let's look at the others that he says. He says, I'm not crushed. I'm not in despair. I'm not forsaken. And I'm not destroyed. Paul knew the power and victory of Jesus in his life because he was continually put in situations where only the power and the victory of Jesus could work. Where the, only the power and the victory of Jesus would meet that need. Amen? He was put into situations where he was broken. He was put into situations where the world, and, and, and we, we can understand this. You know, I say this all the time. I, I, I get surprised when people tell me that they're surprised at what's going on in the world. Especially when I'm with a body of believers. And if that's you, I'm not pointing fingers. My dad taught me when you're pointing one finger at somebody, you got three pointing back at you. Okay, I, I learned that. But I'm saying, I find, it, I find it interesting and surprising when people are saying, I'm surprised at what's going on in the world. I, I'm not. The, the Word of God tells us. It, it's 
pretty much a, a map of what's happening. Yeah. It says there's going to be these things. They're going, you're going to be persecuted. Yeah. You're going to feel like you're not of this place. But let me tell you and give you reassurance, you're not of this place. You're not of this world. Don't worry about it. They're going to look at you funny. It's okay. They're going to come after you for my name's sake. What religion do you know gets persecuted more than Christianity? And, and, and I, I know a lot of people say a lot of things and there's hateful words out there. But I'm talking on a globe, just not in America. Right. Okay, not in the United States. I'm talking about on this planet. Right, you know, I never, I never see front page news of someone being told they can't wear their religious garments into a building. I've never been into, uh, I never see front page news where they tell uh, someone who practices Islam they can't put their rug down and do their prayers at a certain time. Why? Oh, we can't infringe on their religion. Well, you can tell a person to turn their shirt inside out because the name Jesus is offensive. Yeah. So, and that's the little attacks I'm talking about. And over the course of the years, we've just became so submissive to these things. And, and, and what's the big thing sweeping our nation right now is offending people. Yeah. All right. yeah. Well, I'm sorry <laughs> if you're offended by it, you know, but we still have to go through it. But look at the day and age we live in. It is all falling into place. There are there are volcanoes erupting. Fires are burning. Rumors of war, things going on, and this is just all in our lifetime. It's all falling into place. It's what the Bible tells us. So no, I'm not surprised at the way people look at Christians. I'm not surprised when things start happening and there's diseases and plagues and all these things happening. It's in the Bible. It tells us why we need to study to show ourselves approved. Amen? But to know... To know all these things, to know that the key to get through these things in our lives is knowing that when we are put in situations that are broken, we serve a mighty, amazing God. Amen? Amen? Yes. So when we talk this day, and we can look around this room and say, you know what, Pastor, some people have it better than me. <laughs> some people just have it better. Some people are in better situations. Some people are, are, are spiritually ahead of me. Some people are financially more secure than I am. Some people are healthier. Some people have a better lifestyle. Blah, 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 and on and on and on. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. But I think each and every single one of us in here today, no matter what we've been through in our lives, and I'm sure we all have a story. I'm sure that we all probably have a testimony. And no one's here to outdo another person. But I think we all can agree that Paul had it pretty rough. Yeah. And look what he wrote and what he gave us and how he, how he pushed through. We live in a, in, in a time, we live in a time that's not like this. Yes, there are times where you're pressed and you're hard stressed and you're going through these things. But these men were being hunted and killed. As of right now in America, it's still okay for me to do what I'm doing right now. People may not like it, but they don't have to come in through those doors. They may try one day to shut us up. Good luck with Pastor Dave. All right? And I can say that about my Pastor Dave, too. Good luck. Getting him not to talk. Okay? But as of right now, as for me in, in, in this house, as, as for us in our house, we can praise the Lord. Amen? I mean, and what is the biggest persecution that can be faced with us right now? Let's just be honest about it. What is the biggest persecution? It's not death. It's not being hunted down. It may be trying to be silenced. They might block your Facebook account. 
Well, I'm in Facebook jail because I praise Jesus. Good job! Praise God, why are you saying that in the negative? I hope when you get back on, they kick you off again. What is the worst thing? It's this mindset. We live in this area where we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not being hunted by four, 40 individuals that are not going to eat or drink until we're dead. Right. Amen? Yeah, is yeah, is yeah. anything I'm saying false or is it the, it's the truth? Right. It's the truth. So why are we out sharing the gospel more? Yes, we're humble containers. Yes, we can break. But we serve. What does God tell us? He says, I am the potter and you are the clay. He's going to mold us and make us what he wants us to be. We just need to put more faith and trust in him. And know that when we face those challenges in our life, when we face a Goliath, when we face a mountain put in the middle of the road, when we have these obstacles in our life, we have him in us. Yes, this container may be worthless. It's not going to last. The Bible tells us dust to dust. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Amen? Yeah. It tells us that. We're fragile. We're humble containers. We're jars of clay. But we're valuable because of the value that's within us. Because God gave us such an amazing treasure in Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen? That amazing treasure that we can share with other people. We can tell you, you are valuable. You are valuable. You are valuable. All of you in here are valuable because of the value that is within you. That is Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. Yes. Amen. There are going to be times... When we're going to be hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. But please don't forget that with God's treasures in our lives, that we will never be crushed, nor will ever be in despair. We will not be forsaken, and we will not be destroyed. God will meet our needs, so we need to live for Him and share with others around us the gospel and the story of His life. We have no excuses. We have no reason to not share. There are places right now on this earth that people come up to them and say, if you have church this morning, you are dead. You're dead. And guess what? They have church. And guess what? Those people kill them. Right. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. I remember reading an article about a pastor that was just having a mighty movement. And, and, and forgive me, I believe it was in Afghanistan. He was just having a movement. He was going around from place to place to place to place. And the enemy finally caught up to him. And they told him, if you have this service today, if you bring this blasphemy in this place today, we are going to cut your head off and put it on a pipe. I don't mean to be so graphic. But that's what they told him. And it happened. It happened. This pastor that I followed for about four months reading the movement he was doing lost his life because he heard that and he still chose to have church. And his life was taken. Boy, I, I bet that victory up in heaven was amazing. But I'm telling you, he chose that. See, pastor Murphy gave me a call last night and asked if I would share this message with you this morning. I agreed. It was not followed by a phone call of anybody telling me, don't you dare go to his church and preach that sermon right. or you'll lose your life. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I, nobody was waiting for me outside when I walked up this morning. We live in, in, in an amazing place that the enemy, it, it, the enemy really thinks he has a hold of everything mm -hmm. and we're being silent. We have no excuse to share the gospel. 
You know, my grandfather in a time when we would go to a restaurant, he always carried around a pocket full of, of gospel tracts. I can't even tell you the last time I've seen a gospel tract. Does anybody remember gospel tracts? Yeah. I know we have, I'm not saying anybody's a little older in the room, but I know we have some older people in the room that probably does. But he would leave this beautiful little, little card yeah. that, that gave the whole story of Jesus Christ. And I'm a witness of going to that restaurant another time and that waiter or waitress coming up and thanking him, saying, I needed that. I needed to be reminded of that. I also was there one time when someone said, can you just tell me a little more? We have no excuse. Stop worrying about offending people. We need to worry if we're offending him <laughs> and not people on this planet. Amen? Amen? There's no excuse. Let's live for Him and trust in Him. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we love You so much. Yes. We thank You so much for this time that we get to come together. Father, we thank You so much that even though we may go through these obstacles in our lives, we may go through these, these times of despair in our lives, that we, we may be just uh, too much stress or, or just feel persecuted, whether it's at work or just our everyday Walk, Lord, or people just are coming against us. We need to remember that the servants that you gave us in your word, these, these stories of these individuals that you gave us in your word, of, of things that were true, these, these beliefs and these feelings were not a theory to the Apostle Paul. They were his everyday life experiences, Father. And that we need to understand that with you, Father, we are not crushed, we are not in despair, we are not forsaken, we are not destroyed, Father God. That any battle that is set before us, you tell us that you go before us and you fight it. So we're trusting in you. We're putting our faith in you. We're casting our burdens down, Lord. And we're just understanding, Lord, that we can trade all those sorrows. We can trade all the pain, all the sickness, and lay them down at your feet, Father. And we ask all these things in your amazing name. Amen.